It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this, the 21st day of February 2024. This is the Horn, Live. is where you'll find us on the interweb tube. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, the Great Globe Round. And where, if you are listening live right now and you pop over to HeadOn.Live and you click on chat room, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers for this prayer meeting Wednesday. And that would be Anatole and Squeaky and Theo, all just uh, uh, all of whom will be happy to see you and greet you uh, warmly and cordially and friendlyly. I don't know. Sometimes English is hard. Hi. I'm Robin, and it is, as I said, Prayer Meeting Wednesday on the Horn, and we've got Prayer Meeting stuff. Oh, heavens, we do. We do. Uh, by the way, if you are, uh, well, I don't know what time it is in Lithuania, Anatole. Um, oh, and there's, uh, there's Micah entering the chat room. Hey, sis. If you're listening to the podcast, well, a, uh, the, the usual humble request of your humble hostess goes out that you please like each episode of the podcast and subscribe on a couple of platforms in case one screws up and doesn't happen to catch the feed. Brother Deacon Asa would love it, and... I wouldn't. I won't lie. I'd like it too. Uh, if you and, and the uh, algorithms would be, probably be beside their themselves in their lonely isolation. If you would uh, leave an occasional review on the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on, um, whether that be Podbean or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Podcast Republic or Odyssey or uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, 
Tune in radio. We're still trying to get to a thousand discreet little heart button likes uh, on tune in. But wherever you listen, that helps out, and it doesn't cost a doesn't cost a dime because well, everything here is as it has ever been, free. There is no cost associated with access to this program because I I've always wanted for anybody who wanted to hear it to be able to get it without worrying about. Well, money. So, yeah, uh, just like, subscribe, etc., etc., etc. It is the middle of the week, and there are uh, eight days left in February. And uh, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, this program being no different. And so thanks go out to our 21st day of the month. Subscribers, and that means thank you so very kindly to uh, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy, out in L.A. Thank you uh, so very much. You, uh, Tracy is the one and only subscriber for the 21st day of the month, and I know she would love to have some company. Subscriptions, well... It's not, it's, not, it's not really, there are no subscriptions. It, this is just you saying, hey, I'm going to make this payment, come, this payment come out, this contribution come out on the 21st day of the month. And like if it's $10, well, you know, as we've said before, you're giving up not quite an, a half a stick of Wrigley's chewing gum at Walmart prices. Low, low prices every day. This is an unpaid product placement, oh dear God, uh, but yeah, literally less than the cost of a half a stick of chewing gum per program, even in the shortest month of the year. Oh, and they're uh, popping in for this prayer meeting Wednesday is uh, our, our uh, moderator, uh, Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist Extraordinaire, Roger, in Oregon. It, it, and so, uh, what would it be in Prayer Meeting Wednesday? Like I said, we've got Prayer Meeting Wednesday stuff. And I'm hoping to get a call um, at some point in time during the program. Uh, Miss Terry may be joining us. She got up... Uh, this morning and drove all the way to the state capital of Alabama, uh, often known as Goat Hill, to speak up and speak out for the right of people like her and people like me not to be erased, rubbed out in the state of Alabama. And uh, so we'll, we'll see how that we'll see how that how that plays out. Uh, so the fundraising goal stands at one thousand one hundred and five dollars. That means that we are unfunded for today, yesterday, Monday. In other words, all we're, we're entirely unfunded for this week so far, and we are uh, we remain unfunded for two hundred and five dollars of this past Friday. And so if we could finish off 
last Friday and get started on this week. It would be wonderful. Ralph's challenge, the uh, uh, That Ain't Cocaine, That Sawdust challenge, remains in full force in effect. And so if somebody's got 25 bucks, uh, Ralph's will happily double it and get us down to uh, uh, $1,055 and knock $50 off of last Friday's fundraising. Um, fingers crossed, you know. Now, um, like I said, it's prayer meeting Wednesday. And I suppose I could do the prayer meeting Wednesday shtick. But even on a day as beautiful as this one has been here, we've had crystal clear blue skies all day. We got up north of 60 degrees. It was heavenly for late February. That sweet little groundhog uh, uh, appears. But then again, March is coming, and that whole in like a lamb, out like a lion, vice versa thing is uh, in play. I missed that, Roger in Oregon. Anybody else catch Tara Devlin on Steph this morning? This, this morning, uh, our dear friend Tara was on Stephanie Miller. Wow, good for Tara. I'll have to I'll have to write and congratulate her. Where to begin? Well, as I noted, uh, you know, I've I've gone down to Charleston to argue for the my own right to exist in this state. Terry did the same today down in Alabama. And so what would it be in prayer meeting Wednesday? Well, let's start out with uh, something from the world of the sacred. Proving what an absolute prick he can be. Cardinal Dolan has decided to denounce a funeral. A trans woman passed away not too long back. Her name was Cecilia Gentili. And the... uh, When she passed, some of her friends requested that her funeral be held at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan. And over a thousand people showed up to bid their final farewells to Ms. Gentilly. This past Thursday. And so yesterday, Cardinal Dolan, a prince of the church, took to the microwaves on Sirius XM where they have something called the Catholic Channel. Ah, okay, uh, uh, well, uh, a correction. Uh, Apparently that was not our dear friend Tara Devlin on Stephanie this morning. 
That was someone with a similar name. I, yeah, I, I, mm, okay. That is, uh, yeah, I'm, fam- I'm familiar. Uh, but it, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Terabuster, apparently. Thank you. Appreciate the update. Uh, but anyway, thank you. Now, Cardinal Dolan went on the Catholic Channel at Sirius XM and, I kid you not, denounced a dead human being's funeral. Because, you know, there's No hate quite like Christian love. Her loved ones had requested a funeral to be held at St. Patrick's. And what Cardinal Dolan said, that man of God, was, uh, I didn't know the background of this woman who had died. Well, thanks for at least calling her a woman. Your excrescence. All they know is somebody called and said, our dear friend died, we'd love to have the funeral at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Because, see, all the dainty and delicate and, and, and snowflakey conservative Catholics had a, had a conniption because some queers went into St. Patrick's Cathedral. Just a reminder, uh, 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 Cardinal Dolan, at the time that he was denouncing the funeral of this trans woman, was probably wearing a dress. You know what? I, I think I think the prayer meeting Wednesday shtick is probably called for. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, brethren and sistren and non-binary nibblings, I'm going to call the Minister of Music up and ask them to please lead us in our offertory hymn. A men and a women and a non-binary. And he said it's time for you to leave behind the things of this world, the fine houses, the fancy cars, the flashy clothes, because we are all naked in the eyes of the Lord. Stop! This man is clinically insane. Ladies and gentlemen, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let me hear you say, Amen. Amen. Let me hear you say, Praise the Lord. Let me hear you say, I will empty the contents of my wallet into that little collection plate when it comes around. And it's all tax-free. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord for all the cash I've got. Praising for my Rolls Royce and my yacht. Serving God ain't hard with a credit card. Jesus died so I could make a lot. Praise the Lord, He's made us millionaires. 
Wave your donations in the air. We've replaced our hymns with ATMs, and soon we'll charge a fee on every prayer. Jesus Christ was a poor man, don't you know? He should have used our accountants for his cash flow. Stop the sermon on the mount, he should have had a bank account. Two thousand years with interest, he'd be rolling in the dough. Praise the Lord, this song's out on CD, just forty ninety-five plus GST. Hallelujah, Lenny and Moolah, solid gold baubles on my Christmas tree. I've got all of heaven's riches, thanks to all you stupid bitches. Praise the Lord for modern Christianity, yeah. Whoever said religion should be free? Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. I love you. Oh, brethren and sisters and non-binary siblings, I am Archpope, Uber Rabbi, Ultimate Imam, Animated Animist, and... Vicarious Vicar Maximum Metropolitan Aggravated Abbess Naughty Nun Roxanne Kincaid And it is Prayer Meeting Wednesday on the horn Y'all I'm calling on you Oh glory To get up out of your seats oh, Get onto your feet And scrunch and screech and wiggle and waggle and waddle and Come on out from betwixt the pews and come on down that blood red aisle and fall, sinners fall upon your knees at the altar and lay, amen, your hands upon the subwoofer and feel the healing rays of common sense flowing through you from the server on high. Amen. And amen. Ho, brethren and sisters and non-binary siblings. There is much to discuss in today's homily. There is. Before we get too much further into the story of the funeral of Cecilia Gentili. Well, she passed away on February the 6th of this year. And I didn't realize it, but she and I shared a birthday. Yeah. She was uh, nine years younger than me when she passed away. She was born in Argentina and lived one hell of a hard life, passing away at the tender age of 52. But she made the most of her days. She co-founded a free clinic for sex workers. She co-founded Decrim NY that successfully decriminalized sex work in New York and repealed the walking while trans law and founded Trans Equity Consulting. She was a bad bitch. 
She sued the Trump administration when they tried to remove non-discrimination protections for gender, gender identity in the Affordable Care Act. She came out gay as gay at 12. And then uh, later on, got into sex work and eventually transitioned. And even toward the end of her days, she was still an activist. She was arrested in October 2023. for protesting and calling for a ceasefire in Gaza as part of a protest organized by Jewish Voice for Peace. She led hundreds of others in taking the New York Times to task for their seeming relentless and certainly remorseless spew of transphobic filth on their pages. She was a performer. She did a one-woman show in 2017. Uh, The knife cuts both one ways with stories from her life. She She was indigenous. On her maternal side in Argentina, her people were related to the uh, uh, to indigenous tribes there she had a role in pose uh, when that was uh, on on TV not too long not too many years ago and then uh, she had been a churchgoer attending both Baptist and Catholic services. And a lot of people were grief-stricken by her passing. And so, of course, as noted, some people... God. Some people... uh, sought to have her funeral in a perfectly reasonable place, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Reasonable save for the fact that the Roman Catholic Church remains a cesspit of homophobia and transphobia. Leading to what I was talking about a few moments ago, namely Cardinal Dolan, You dick! Denouncing her funeral. For all intents and purposes, denouncing her life when she, in fact, had done more good for more people in the 52 years that she had on this planet than Cardinal Dolan will ever do with the entirety of his miserable, stinking life. On that 
Sirius XM, the vulgar show. Uh, he's, oh, they didn't know the background of this woman who had died. All they know is somebody called and said, our dear friend died. We'd love to have a funeral at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Wrong accent. Oh, oh, wait, because Cardinal Dolan was doing damage control because the people who follow uh, the, the, the loving Christ Jesus were filled with hatred. Oh, we don't... Oh, oh let's see, Cardinal Dolan, let's see here. How oh, we don't do FBI checks on people who want to be bearded. And we weren't told that she was trans. That's halfway to Scottish. And so they made a quick decision that they wouldn't allow Cecilia Gentili to have a mass said in her name. Pretty sure that if Jesus was real, it wouldn't have bothered the, it bothered Jesus in the bit in the least, but it bothered the men in the lace dresses a lot. I applaud our priests who made a quick decision that, uh-oh, with behavior like this, we can't do a mass. We'll do the liturgy of the word, which is the readings and the sermon and the prayers, the petition and the Our Father, and then we'll stop it. Stop it. Stop it. The Mass has not gone to go on. Bravo for our cathedral people who knew nothing about this that was coming up. Uh, here's, here's what they were so upset about, in case anybody's curious. They brought Miss Gentilly's mortal remains into the building, into the cathedral... Let's go to the Fox 5 TV news uh, coverage. The funeral started out as most St. Patrick's Cathedral parishioners would expect one to, but outrage would soon fester from the services held for 52-year-old Cecilia Gentili, a trans... Outrage would fester. Fester? Yes, Morticia woman, an advocate for sex workers, and an outspoken atheist. Uh, you know, that an advocate for sex workers. How curious. Because their own holy book contains at least one story of Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life, refusing to condemn a woman described in their holy text as having been taken in adultery. Let that man who is without sin cast the first stone, said the Palestinian day laborer. Funerals, by the way, an outspoken atheist. Funerals are for the living, not for the dead. And, and that is Billy Porter. That is the voice of multiple award-winning actor Billy Porter. Gay actor and singer Billy Porter, who worked with Gentilly on the FX television hit series Pose, sang at the services, followed by speakers whose attire 
and words left old school Catholics watching by live stream stunned as some of the mourners used inappropriate language in the eulogy, including a derogatory word for prostitute over and over again. A derogatory word for prostitute? What? Whore? Whore? Yeah. God knows. Most of those old school Catholics probably, it was probably not their first time hearing that word. While the audience packed with fellow trans and LGBTQ members and allies roared in delight at the humor, members of the church balked. Bill Donahue from... Oh, dear God. Bill Donahue of the Catholic League. Is that old fuck not dead yet? The Catholic League is such a, is such a fraud. When he started it and first became famous, the Catholic League was him and a typewriter. I don't know, a box of... a, a, a stack of sacred Pringles. Jesus, these people... more conservative Catholic League writing men dressed as women and women dressed as men at the service many of those in it funny that a member of the Catholic League would complain about men dressed as women when the priests are walking around in stunning little co uh, stunning little house dresses attendants dressed as hookers danced in the aisles saying Ave Cecilia when Ave Maria was sung all my stars and garters, I bet poor Bill Donahue about had a conniption. Too bad it wasn't a fucking aneurysm. And it was accompanied by a little interpretive dance. It was really sweet. When parishioners heard about the service, they wanted to know how St. Patrick's could let this happen. We how could they let a dead person have a funeral in our very sacred cathedral? I got a note from Steve in New York. Steve said, uh, a friend of mine was there. Uh, we talked about this Sunday after Mass. We all guffawed at the Cardinal's reaction because everyone knew the scoop. Fuckers didn't do their homework when they allowed her to have it there. Seems to me it would be the most appropriate place in the world for her to have it because she lived a life that was more like that of Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi than anybody in any of those little lacy house dresses has ever lived. She cared for the poor. She worried about people and worked to provide housing for people who had none. She worked to feed hungry people, to clothe the naked. God, if she'd only just forsworn sex and, 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 and died in a comfortable hospital bed like Mother Teresa, they might be trying to make her a saint. Scantily clad mourners! And then... Because, you know, somebody like Roman Catholic Cardinal Dolan 
can never make things hateful enough. In the name of Jesus, amen. Ordered the very Reverend Enrique Salvo to hold a mass of reparation to pray for forgiveness for having allowed the funeral to take place. Good God. Ah, come on, Robin, Emilio says. I'm sure Cardinal Donald Donut has done plenty of good things in his own right. Can you imagine all the children's lives the cardinals the cardinal has touched over the years? Oh, God, scratch that. Well, no, I think there's been enough scratching going on, too. Matt in San Francisco noting preacher. Hell, even the priest who was doing the celebration of life was shocked by the crowd, saying it's more packed than on Easter Sunday. People know, people know when there is real holiness amongst them in their midst. Yeah, Cecilia Gentili lived a Matthew 25 life. But that wasn't enough. And and remember, the book of James tells us, y'all, James having, the book of James being named after the brother of Yeshua, uh, Faith without works is dead. And so the you know the, the good God figuring upstanding Bible believing Christ centered evangelical fundamentalist amosexual old school Catholics are still suffering a horrifying case of the turtle squirts over the whole affair. Because of course a dead trans woman who has dedicated her life to serving others is not worthy to have words mumbled over her corpse in a place as fine and fancy as St. Patrick's Cathedral. Good God, they're a disgusting lot. But, and this is just trigger warning this is hard. That ain't the only funeral. The day after Cecilia Gentili passed away at the tender age of 52, or the day after the day after, February the 8th, my daughter's birthday, a non-binary child named Nex Benedict from Owasso, Oklahoma, Stan, who was part Choctaw, died. Nex Benedict was 16 years old, as said, and she was stomped and beaten to death in her high school's bathroom by some cis kids, cis girls, left beaten on the floor. The 
the school could not even be bothered to call an ambulance for her. Them, I'm sorry, for them, she, they were non-binary. No. The school didn't do anything for them. Their family took them to the hospital. And the hospital said, huh, oh well, and sent them home. The next day, I took her back, took them back to the hospital. I'm sorry, but I, I took them back to the hospital. And next Benedict, with nothing but 16 years of life, died. Next's family. was working on, under, they, they accepted and were working on understanding Nex's identity. Nex was a straight-A student. And this is so heartbreaking and so wrong. Because it was the direct and proximate result of the ongoing nationwide war against people like Nex. All done in the name of Jesus. Who I feel quite certain would not have condemned Nex Benedict any more than they would have convicted, uh, condemned Cecilia Gentili. A year or so ago, that miserable blob of DNA known as Chaya Raitchik, who runs the notorious and infamous Libs of TikTok account, and whose entire life appears to be dedicated to nothing but hate, who proudly describes herself as a terrorist, a stochastic terrorist, a year before next Benedict's murder, by the way, thus far, not a damn thing has been done to the cis girls who beat her to death, beat them to death, beat next Benedict to death. Well, Chaya Ratchik of Libs of TikTok the previous year had attacked the same high school Next Benedict attended because there was a teacher there who was open and affirming and kind to LGBTQ kids. Because of the terrorism that Chaya Ratchik engenders that teacher was hounded from the school 
So when we talk about going to a state capital to demand our right to exist, to not be erased, it isn't some sort of philosophical discussion. It is existential in the truest sense of the word. Oklahomastan is one of the worst places in the world to be trans. And for anyone who doesn't know, non-binary people are trans people. Non-binary people who are, are people who simply do not identify within the gender binary of male or female. Boy or girl, man or woman. And for years now, there has been an ongoing spasm, a blood feud, if you will, of the government of the state of Oklahoma stand against trans people. Not trans identities, trans people who do things like lay in a pool of their own blood on a bathroom floor in Owasso, Oklahoma, Stan. Next, Benedict, because remember, all of these transphobic states are having shit hemorrhages over where people go potty. Well, straight-A student Next Benedict... Being a human being simply had a human need to go to the restroom and pursuant to the insistence of the maggot legislators of Oklahoma Stan had gone to the girls' room where she was set upon by bullies with murderous intent. In Oklahoma, Stan, they banned health care for transgender people under 18. And they've also banned trans people from accessing bathrooms that align with their gender identity. And then there's Ryan Walters the state superintendent of education, who gave a job to Chaya Ratchik, who cannot open his filthy maggot gob without pouring out vitriol against people he doesn't even know, but knows that he loathes, that he hates, that he despises. Yeah. He gave Chaya Ratchik a seat on the state's library board, even though Chaya Ratchik does not meet the state of Oklahoma Stan's own standards for membership on that board. And as of this moment, there is no justice. For next Benedict.
So come the next Trans Day of Remembrance. Poor little Nex's name will be read out among those of the other trans people who didn't get to see the end of 2024. They didn't, they didn't even get to see the end of the second month of 2024 before those children of what, am I, of what I am sure are positively Christian parents ended her life, their life. My apologies again. In 2023, there were 32 names. at the Day of Remembrance. Of those 32, 84% were people of color. 16 of the 32 were black trans women. And there, there is data now. Recently, the uh, latest results of the National Transgender Survey were released and those results are shocking and horrifying. In the prior year, and this is according to the 2023 LGBTQ plus youth report from the University of Connecticut, two-thirds of trans and gender expansive youth were teased or bullied at school at least once. Most of them because of their LGBTQ plus identities. 20% were hit, pushed, or subjected to other forms of physical violence. And that was just in the 30 days prior to taking the survey. Half of the trans kids responding to that survey, and it was just for trans youth or LGBTQ plus youth, half of them said they feel unsafe in at least one setting inside their school. A third of them said they are specifically terrified to go to the restroom. An education system that is not dedicated to making every student feel, st- feel safe is not an education system. At best, it is a system of indoctrination. At worst, it is a place of torture and torment. Which maggot legislatures all over this country wholeheartedly support with the financial and philosophical support of tax-exempt Christian grifts like the Family Policy Research Council or the Family Policy Council or the Council on Family Research Policy or the Council Researching Policy for Families and it's all tax-free. Hallelujah. And when kids, when LGBTQ plus kids can't even use the restroom that matches their gender identity, 
They are significantly more likely to screen positive for depression and anxiety, significantly less likely to feel safe in school restrooms and locker rooms, significantly more likely to experience bullying, harassment, and physical violence at school in the last 30 days. And prominent anti-LGBTQ plus influencers created over a thousand posts in 2023 targeting school, school districts, libraries, individuals, because those places tried to be safe spaces for kids whose daily life is a study in torment. I haven't told this story yet because I was trying to process process it in such a way that I could make sense out of it, and I haven't yet. But with every passing day that went by, I felt worse for my silence. Matt in San Francisco said, I was going to send you that story a couple of days ago, but I figured you already had it. I did, Matt, I did. It's really fishy, Matt says, about the school's lack of action and all the weird circumstances. I really hope they do a thorough investigation and a thorough autopsy, etc. I mean, there's no, there, there's possibly multiple people who are responsible for murder just walking around and going to class. Like, what the heck is going on? What is going on is business as usual, Matt. The murder of next Benedict was both reasonable and foreseeable and the direct and proximate result of policies that have been strenuously advocated for and and passed into law by people claiming to represent other people, the, the, the people of Oklahoma, as long as they're not LGBTQ+. We're not deserving of being able to go to the potty. And apparently we're also not, not even deserving of representation. That's what I meant by erasure. Hell, in Oklahoma, Stan, rather than charge, charging these little miscreants, these homicidal little maniacs with murder, as they should be, I'm sure uh, that they'd much rather give them a goddamn medal. That poor child. And all they were doing was living the life that they had been given. Because closets are horrible places. And as a postscript to all of this, it turns out that another student had been beaten in the same high school under the same or similar circumstances. And we all know the language that goes with it. And the words that are used as weapons and make it easier to go from words 
to fist. And not only have there not been any charges, in a state like Oklahoma, Stan, they go out of their way to make sure that teenagers who are charged with crimes, especially when the crimes become heinous and brutal, can be charged and tried as adults. Make no mistake, had the fact pattern been different, and had Nex Benedict beaten some cis kid to death, Nex Benedict would already have been charged, and a petition would have been filed with the Court of Competent Jurisdiction, demanding that Nex Benedict be tried as an adult and imprisoned as such if convicted. You may very grow very old indeed, waiting for that to happen in Oklahoma, Stan. But it's all part of a pattern, dare I say, a practice, all over the world. It was a little over a year ago that a trans teen in England was murdered. Her name was Brianna Gay. And only recently were her killers brought to the king's justice. And convicted and sentenced. Well, in he's almost exactly a year after Brianna Gay's murder. A trans girl in Wieldstone, Wieldstone, W-E-A-L-D-S-T-O-N-E, England, was at a roller skating party. She was just roller skating. But she had to be rushed to the hospital because someone came up and stabbed that trans teen 18 years old, stabbed her 14 times. And last week, a week ago yesterday, a girl named Summer Betts Ramsey, ouch, long time ago, some Ramseys left the Septred Isle and wound up, well, here, my great-grandmother was a Ramsey, but Summer Betts Ramsey showed up in the dock at Wellesden Magistrates Court and was accused of being part of the stabbing, charged with attempted murder, charged with possession of an offensive weapon in public.
apparently uh, Wildstone is in northwest London. The magistrate's court was told that the victim was going to a roller skating party with friends at Harrow Leisure Center that day. The magistrate's being told that she received 14 stab wounds. And this comes from a, from a, from a UK paper called The Standard. And the facts of the attack on the 18-year-old trans girl are recited perfunctorily. But then you get this. Betts Ramsey wept in the dock as she confirmed her, na- her name, date of birth, and her address in Cricklewood, northwest London. She did not formally enter any pleas after the charges were read out to her. Isn't your heart just going out to the little murderess? Wearing prison-issue gray clothes and with her hair tied up into a ponytail, the teenager was flanked by two guards during the 30-minute hearing. She was remanded into custody until a plea hearing at the Old Bailey on March 12. After, After being told she faces the next month in custody, Betts Ramsey tearfully asked to speak to her mother through the glass front of the dock. Afterwards, she called out, I love you, when she was led away to the cells. Lots of passive voice going on at the uh, standard The court was told Betts Ramsey denies being involved in the stabbing. Was told, yes, yes, of course. The Metropolitan Police has said the victim of the alleged attack. Ah, that's very journalistically sterile. The Metropolitan Police has said the victim of the alleged attack has now been discharged from hospital and is being supported by her family. Detective Inspector Nicola Hunnant, who is leading the investigation, appealed for witnesses to the attack. Four people have been arrested in connection with the incident, But Betts Ramsey is the only one to have faced a court hearing. Detective Inspector Hunnant said, We continue to appeal for anyone who may have been in the area or who believes they have further information to come forward and speak to us. We have increased increased police patrols in the area and would encourage people to approach these officers with any information or concerns. Anybody know where Joanne Rowling was that day? Big skater, Joanne Rowling? So, five people gang up on one trans girl at a roller skating party. She gets stabbed 14 times. And we get a heartfelt, tearful... description 
of the attempted murderess as she stands in the dock. Jesus. Heavy stuff for a prayer meeting Wednesday, huh? And suddenly, lo and behold, the first hour of the program is gone. Gone and gone like the life of poor little Nex Benedict. Gone like Brianna Gay. Gone like 32 lives in 2023 in the United States alone. Gone. Gone like Cecilia Gentili. Well, at least we've got Cardinal Dolan out there who, if they, if they were to want to have a funeral for little necks, I'm sure would say uh, that uh, they were outside God's grace and undeserving of the sacraments. Hoo-wee! Ain't God good? Yeah, sure. Now, meanwhile, here in almost level West by Cole Manchinia stand, our maggot legislature has approved in the House of Delegates a book ban. Defining stories about trans lives, trans kids. As obscene. The law contains civil penalty or financial penalties and jail time for any librarian charged with providing obscene material to a minor. I'm sure that obscene material includes anything that talks about a kid being gay, about a kid being lesbian. God knows about a kid being trans. But as I've said before, That's not where this all ends. Not by a long damn shot. Since I made mention of tax-exempt grifts, let's check in with one of the wealthiest tax-exempt grifts that there is. The Heritage Foundation. They're the ones who have generated created something called Project 2025 that predicates that if the Republicans can take 
the House, take the Senate, and take the presidency, already having the Supreme Court, that their goal is nothing short of the erasure of trans people nationwide. But it's only a starting place. So here, and thank you, Ralphs, literally from the mouth of someone who is part and parcel of the Heritage Foundation. And remember, the Heritage Foundation would have a broad and deep influence inside a future uh, maggot administration in selecting who staffs it and what kind of legislative agenda they push. Well, again, it doesn't stop with LGBTQ plus people. They're also coming for the straights. Ooh, maybe now somebody now people will care. I mean, really. Make sex dirty again. I wish I was making this up. I, I hear from a great many young women who were put on the pill at the age of 14 and came off it, so maybe 10 years later, and realized they'd done a complete personality flip. And actually, they, you know, I, I, I was, you know, one said, and I, I, I thought I was bipolar. Mm. But then it turned out actually it was just this psychoactive substance that I'd been. What, what were they doing to me? And this is all, and, and, and this was all to the to the purpose of rendering a woman receptive to what what, what is for the most part loveless and sometimes extremely degrading um, sexual access. And, and it's, I struggle to see in what way that's in women's interests. And, and given the great many other things that, to my eye, are downstream of the entry into that paradigm, it seems to me that a good place to start would be a, the femi a feminist movement against the pill and for rewilding sex, returning the danger to sex, returning the intimacy, and, and really the consequentiality to sex. And a great deal follows from an, an intentional reconnection of women's, op women's opting intentionally to reconnect with the fullness of our embodied nature. I'm going to say this, and I don't care how much shit I get for it. You can tell she's a real freak in the sack. Seems to me that a good place to start would be a feminist movement against the pill and for re returning the consequentiality to sex. The rewilding of sex. Really, hon? Rewilding? Now, in that context, I will mention that in his concurrence to Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, the single most corrupt animal ever to sit on the bench of the Supreme Court of the United States, and by that I mean Clarence Pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas, the human timeshare, and by the way, thank you to whomever, I think it was uh, Lou and PA who reminded uh, me last night. Yeah, it's Har Har Crow who has the collection of Hitler paintings in his little man uh, billionaire cave. Yeah, Fappy, in that concurrence, said, I want to revisit Obergefell because he doesn't like the idea of, well, the queers 
being able to marry each other. But he also said, bring me a case objecting to Griswold versus Connecticut. Aha! See? They're coming for the straights, too. Woo! Now, now maybe they're afraid. Or maybe a little bit worried or unsettled. Yeah. And remember, the core issue in Griswold was access to birth control among married couples. So Clarence, pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas, wants to eliminate access to birth control for married couples, and God knows for those heathen sluts who haven't been married in the eyes of God just yet, of course. Remember, Clarence Pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas, is, of course, a very, very, very good Roman Catholic. He is one of our most puissant, dread sovereign, supreme Catholic majesties. Right? Uh, no, I disagree with you, Arnold. Arnold says, uh, up, the, up at St. Patty's, uh, they would do the Mass if you pay the money. I guarantee it. It's when people expect a Mass for free. The Catholic Church here won't do a Mass unless you pay them. I think Billy Porter probably could have afforded the fee. Any number of people could have afforded the fee. But it wouldn't have mattered if they paid it. Because Cecilia Gentili was a queer. And Cardinal Dolan hates the queers. So, you know, fuck Cardinal Dolan with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, okay? How about razor wire? We could just, we could maybe borrow some from Greg Aspot down there on the Texas-Mexico border. I'm sorry, the U.S.-Mexico border. It's the United States' border, not Texas's. Just a little point of uh, point of law, constitutional in nature. So the Heritage Foundation only wants people to fuck if they're going to make a baby. And fucking, by the way, in case anybody's wondering, is the only way to make a baby. Because the case that will not go away, we talked about it on Moran Monday, we talked about it on Titanic Tuesday, and here it is again on Prayer Meeting Wednesday. I'm talking about the... Uh, Alabama Supreme Court, some, I don't know if they were all men, but probably a majority of the, well, eight out of the nine members of the Alabama Supreme Court, and of those eight, the majority most assuredly were men, and the, 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 the uh, author of the opinion that said that embryos in test tubes are identically the same as real, no kidding, children, well, that had to be a masculine man of masculine, masculine, masculinity and manliness. I'm sure.
well, the genius of those Solons in Montgomery has uh, made itself plain. Mm -hmm. Now, remember the story had to do with some patient at the Mobile Infirmary Hospital getting hold of three test tubes with full of little... Little, little fertilized embryos, and the damn things were so cold that the person couldn't hold them, and so the person dropped them, and the test tubes broke, and as the plaintiff's suit said, the embryos slowly died. Now, the, the goddess of irony is a good goddess, as long as you don't get on the wrong side of her. And so it was that the plaintiffs who brought that suit that was bounced out of uh, out of circuit court and lost all the way up to the Supreme Court until those brilliant men decided that embryos were children in the meaning of a an 1872 Alabama state statute that didn't even comp- didn't even uh, comprehend the idea of embryos. Well, those plaintiffs wanted to be paid for what they lost. But they were not, I mean, they were, they were inherently proponents of in vitro fertilization, and you don't do in vitro fertilization unless you can't do it the old-fashioned ficky-fick way. See the opening, uh, opening minutes of the uh, documentary that was once understood to be a... Uh, comedy called Idiocracy. Well, we found out Trevor has a low sperm a low sperm count, etc., etc. Followed by Bubba yelling, huh, I'm gonna fuck all y'all. It, yes. Um, the uh, Thank you, Ralph, serving as the horn ad hoc Alabama Supreme Court Research Department, they have three women on the court, so uh, there were three women who should have known better, but again, they're maggot women, and they agreed that an embryo is, in fact, a children. Well, as the, as, as the, if, you, if you ever go to law school, or if you've ever been to law school, or started, or if you're in the middle of law school, hi, David. You might hear early on, and I've repeated it here on a number of occasions, hard cases make bad law. And how do you do Ellie Mae? Does this fit? Because now, since the Alabama Supreme Court decided that embryos are actual children and that anything that happens to those embryos expose the Bailey oh goodness me, we're 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 knee deep in we're knee deep in the old English common law. I'm talking about bailments and bailors and baileys and ha <sighs> you see the uh, when when people go to an in vitro fertilization center they 
give up, they give sperm and they give ova to be fertilized in a lab. And then they store the ova cryogenically for later implantation. All right. Well, the in vitro fertilization center is what the law would consider to be a bailee. They have received a bailment of the embryo, I'm sorry, the children, from the bailors, the parents. And the Alabama Supreme Court declared that that bailee can be liable for wrongful death damages in tort when something happens to the, uh, to the embryo, I mean children. So now, one of the largest health systems in the state of Alabama has said, nope, not going to do any IVF procedures, in vitro fertilization anymore. Being the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And they said, no, we're not going to do that anymore because it would expose people here at our facility uh, as well as the patients, the physicians, to potential criminal prosecutions not just civil liability. Because that's the can of worms uh, these rejects from the draw spunky school of law created. Billable Rick with a note, Alabama Embryo Massacre. Massacre. Uh, since the embryos who were recently slaughtered in Mobile, Alabama are children... Which pronouns do they prefer to be addressed as? He, she, them, it? I'm very confused about all of this. Can the Alabama Supreme Court shed any light on this matter? Well, there aren't going to be any it's. There's only he's and she's, and we're not going to have any they's or them's. See what happens when you're they or them? You get beat to death by cis kids in the bathroom in Oklahoma. But since there were... Uh, apparently several embryos uh, riding on those tiny little doors uh, from the tiny little Titanic uh, with the tiny little rose on the tiny little door pushing the tiny little jacks off into the... I did not mean to say jacks off. I apologize. Uh, Into the the rapidly thawing liquids of the amino acid soup that supports them. They will be only he's or she's. I can't believe I walked into that one. I guess I gotta sacrifice a rubber chicken to the goddess of irony tonight. I'm blaming you, Billable. You started that. Looks like you've expanded the usage of your powers from knocking off aging rock stars to making humble radio hostesses say licentious things. these people and so people who were pursuing in vitro fertilization in Alabama can't and do we understand now that everything I've talked about for the last hour and 20 minutes is part of a larger whole W H O L E 
that the assault on women's reproductive rights, the assault on a woman's right not to be compelled to give her body up for the sake of some religious maniac, the assault on the rights of trans people to not be forced to live a lie, the rights of straight cisgender people to create children when there's no other way for them to do so. It's all part of a larger plan, everybody, y'all. And it's still just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, this is just the, the, the ice in the shaker chipped off of the tip of the iceberg. There's a hell of a lot more iceberg left. Um, Billable Rick, I hope you're not adding insult to injury. Wrongful imprisonment of Alabama embryos. Since we all know that the fertilized embryos in Alabama are children and they're being held in captivity cryogenically, don't those children, once born, have a cause of action against the clinic for wrongful imprisonment? I, I certainly think so. Uh, kidnapping, child napping, it... Child trafficking. I mean, if the if the corridors are of the hospital are crowded and, and they're carrying the test tubes from point A to point B, the, the, that's chi- that's child trafficking because they've taken the child out into the traffic in the hallways. Dear God, Roxanne, don't give them any fucking ideas. Obligatory Star Trek reference, Kirk to Elan in Elan of Troyes. It's been my experience that the prejudices people feel about each other disappear when they get to know each other. Thank you. Thank you, Lou. We now have our obligatory Star Trek reference. Meanwhile, um, Dave and the Blind, Mickey must be ashamed. Having grown up in uh, grown up Catholic, I can tell you the most hypocritical bunch of Bible thumpers are the allegedly celibate clerics of the Roman Catholic Church. Cardinal Dolan is a hypocrite living off the fat of the tithes. This hatred for people is disguised as the love of God. Is it any wonder that I'm an atheist? Not to put too fine a point on it, but the Protestants are no better. They latch on to the Catholic Church's position and claim it's their own. And remember, I'm editorializing on Dave's note now, remember it is the stated policy and position and church teaching of the Roman Catholic Church that in vitro fertilization somehow violates God's plan. I remember a time, Dave says, in my lifetime, when a child had to breathe before it was considered alive theologically. Uh, This is nothing about how life begins at breath, not at conception. As for trans and non-binary people, they justify it by saying, well, they're different, and therefore God doesn't love them, which the nuns always told me was BS. Who do I believe, the guy in the skirt or the lady in the habit? Your buddy Dave in the blind. Uh, May the divine have mercy on their souls. Oh, Emilio, 
just no. It's too early for a Lindsey Graham joke. And Christopher, Alabama embryo quandary. So was St. Peter able to see the embryos when they all floated up to the pearly gates? If not, where do they go from there? If he could see them, what sins did they commit? Freezer burning the poor guy's hands and making a mess on the floor and failing to clean up after themselves? Just asking questions, y'all! J.A.Q. Just asking questions. And by the way, Haley in Arkansas said, The next Benedict story has had me angry for the past few days. The more I learn about their death, the angrier I become. And what does the mainstream media report on? Trump's fucking gold shoes. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, says, uh, says Micah, thwap, like a rake. Yeah, those embryos are children. Well, okay. <laughs> no more in vitro for. You think you think the eight Solons of the Alabama Supreme Court didn't know that would be? Of course they did, because they are in fact religious maniacs. But that brings me to another story. And it has to do with uh, Clarence Pubes on the Coke Can Fappy Thomas's bestie. Uh-huh. Uh, that would be uh, Sammy Bad Breath Alito. What's that, Bill? <laughs> Billable Ricks. Loosen up that cowbell. Doesn't Christopher get one for whether St. Peter saw the massacred embryos as they floated up to heaven? Yes, 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 he absolutely does. But you're the managing partner in charge of cowbells, Billable. I was waiting for you to say something. I don't like to act sua sponte or ex cathedra or anything. Uh, but before I get to Sammy Badbreath, uh, Reverbo says, Yes, the goddess of irony is a fair and strong deity, but she is only barely ahead of the possum goddess, who, although just seems to be waddling carelessly down the road or resting in a tree, is wise and fierce and, ca and, and can have as many as 13 teats. Goddess of irony doesn't come anywhere close to that. True enough, Reverbo. And all hail the possum goddess. Leave some cat food out on the porch. It becomes uh, it becomes the body and blood of the supreme possum when consumed by the possum goddess when she visits by night. Yeah, there it is, Darlene in Connecticut. It's hit HuffPost. Alabama IVF clinic halts services after state rules frozen embryos or children. And the fact that this was the University of Alabama hospital system, I should note, again, this is part of an overall 
peace. Not to make this personal, but the University of Alabama at Birmingham is where I went back in November of 2021 to get my life saved. To the best of my knowledge, they no longer save trans lives at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. No, because the good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual Christians raised so much hell that the UAB gender clinic may have actually closed entirely. And so at the UAB Division of Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility, that's the department that said, nope, they noped right out. They've ended their services this week. HuffPost says they've paused it out of fear of criminal uh, prosecution. Hannah Eccles, a spokesperson for UAB, interviewed by HuffPost, said, We are saddened that this will impact our patients' attempt to have a baby through IVF, but we must evaluate the potential that our patients and our physicians could be prosecuted criminally or face punitive damages for following the standard of care for IVF treatments. Because, you see, every implanted embryo does not become a baby. And if an implanted embryo does not gestate and instead mama just gets her period, well, at least according to the Alabama Supreme Court, she's a murderer. A killer. And here's the other thing. The same statute that this ruling was based upon in Alabama is fairly common throughout the United States. Half of the states in this country have what is called a viability statute. The majority of U.S. states have, have created a right for the wrongful death of a fetus. But again, half of those states have a half of the states have a viability statute. The parents can only sue if the fetus was viable or past 24 weeks. And down in Florida, they're working on another similar bill. Tell me again what the difference is, pretty please, between the mullahs in Iran and the uh, Supreme Court of Alabama or the legislature of Alabama or the legislature and Supreme Court of Oklahoma stand, of Florida stand, of West Virginia stand, Tennessee stand. No, really, tell me. 
Because it's getting harder and harder and harder for me to tell the difference. Oh, back to Sammy Bad Breath. Uh, Sammy is now worried. Because of a case that... uh, a majority of the Supreme Court chose not to hear. Uh, let's see here. There it is. Sammy Badbreath has announced that he is scared and and by the way he's only 73 years old darn it but he is the most hardline opponent of LGBTQ plus rights on the Supreme Court and frankly that's saying something in an article at the New Republic they report Alito is complaining that people who oppose homosexuality were being unfairly branded as bigots, despite that being a dictionary definition of bigotry. The case concerned uh, potential members of a jury being stricken from the pool when, during voir dire, they said that, uh, well, it was, it was a case that had, uh, that involved LGBTQ plus people. And the case involved the court saying, uh, when, when um, counsel moved to strike the three jurors, yep, get them out of here. Because they had said they had deeply held religious beliefs that being homosexual was a sin. And the court said, get him out of here. And the case was appealed and appealed and appealed. Lost and lost and lost. And then finally they appealed to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, nope. There was no problem here. At which point, Sammy Badbreath became immediately and profoundly butthurt. He said, uh, the courts below reason that a person who still holds traditional religious views on questions of sexual morality is presumptively unfit to serve on a jury in a case involving a party who is a lesbian. And how is the weather in Beirut? He went on and said, I told you so. Dead holding exemplifies the danger that I, 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 Sammy Bedbreath, anticipated in Obergefell versus Hodges. Namely, that Americans who do not hide their adherence to traditional religious beliefs about homosexual conduct will be labeled as bigots and treated as such by the government. (laughs) 
because see the lawyer who represented the 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 the, uh, the, the gay plaintiff moved the court to strike and the court struck the jurors. I mean, you know, not with a stick like or a ball bat like they deserved, but just removed them from the jury panel. Six semper bigots. Writing over at Slate, Mark Joseph Stern said, Alito suggests that a trial court violates the free exercise and equal protection clauses when it allows an attorney who represents a gay client to strike potential jurors because they express overt bigotry against gay people. And John Harwood, a journalist of long standing, said, There will never be another time when Alito's views about homosexuality will not be treated as bigotry by most people in our society. And then, uh, just as I was mentioning a little bit ago about uh, 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 Oklahoma Stan and you know, treating juvenile defendants as grown-ups. Well, uh, Max Kennerly, over on that website formerly known as Twitter, said, if we followed Alito's reasoning that religious beliefs can never serve as a basis to strike a juror, we'd instantly run into a collision with jurors who believe on religious grounds that the death penalty is wrong. Any guesses how Alito would rule on that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stuck. Yeah, stuff your religion where the sun don't shine. We're going to kill this motherfucker. Seventy-three. He's only seventy-three. Well, a girl can hope. Note coming in from Cynthia. There isn't any difference. I asked about the difference between the mullahs in Iran and the Supreme Court of Alabama, etc. Cynthia says there isn't any difference. Well, maybe different flavors of Taliban and what we have here is Christian Taliban. It's all the same. What the fuck ever happened to the Enlightenment? We've gone straight back to the Dark Ages. Sickening. Oh, don't ask me a history question, Cynthia. I will answer it. The Enlightenment was dead by 1825. And Orwellian Newspeak was around long before Orwell. Because the enlightenment of the framers and the founders, the enlightenment of Franklin and Jefferson and Washington and Adams and Madison and Hamilton, all as flawed as the day is long, but still participants and Adherence to Enlightenment principles, as long as the principles were you know, white folks, it was replaced as the country spread westward by the by something called the First Great Awakening. And the First Great Awakening, <laughs> wouldn't you love to ask Monkey Up DeClantis about the Great Awakening? I mean, to be awake is to be woke. Only in the case of the First Great Awakening, it was actually the Great Coma. As wool-hatted, illiterate Americans spread westward beyond the Allegheny Front, across the Appalachians, and into places like uh, 
the Ahia frontier, the Taliban-Diana frontier, the western Kentucky and western Tennessee frontier. We talked about the sheikhs. The western frontier that would become Talabama and Mississippi stand. As these mostly illiterate, desperate people spread, they were easy marks for the religion industry. And fire and brimstone, largely Calvinist preachers who preached a version of Christianity that was antithetical to anything that Jesus Christ ever said. Oh, well, thank you, Billable Rick. You're you are you're being you're being you're being uh, you've loosened the grip on the on the cowbell. Cowbell for you. How is the weather in Beirut, Lebanon? Okay, thank you. And another cowboy uh, cowbell for you for quoting Alito. Stuff your religion where the sun don't shine. We're gonna kill this motherfucker. I'll take them. Thank you, Billable. My most generous of you. But really, that's what happened to the Enlightenment. Stupidity happened to the Enlightenment. Enlightenment, Cynthia, requires people who pursue things like reading and writing and arithmetic. If you think about it, the life of Abraham Lincoln, who had no formal schooling, but was hungry, starved enough for knowledge, That he cons- once he had learned to read, consumed any book that he could get his hands on, and apparently had a profound ability of recall as an autodidact. Well, he was, to say the very least, the exception, and certainly not the rule. But gone back to the Dark Ages? Yeah. Cynthia, yeah, I think I think you're probably right in that regard. And listen, we are past the halfway mark of the program. This filler rockster has been an hour and 42 minutes long, and I need to send thanks out to Christopher. Uh, responding to Ralph's That Ain't Cocaine, That Sawdust Challenge, Christopher said, uh, here's one-tenth of the cost of a gram of cocaine in 1980s prices. Worth it! Thank you, Christopher. And so we've got $15 to go on Ralph's challenge. If anybody would like to finish that off and take us down to 1055 for our fundraising goal, and dare I hope it in the remainder of this program, uh, at least get last Friday taken care of. Uh, because we have, uh, uh, after the challenge is met, we'll have $155 to finish off last Friday on this prayer meeting Wednesday. And that would leave us with Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to fund. And Bill's a-breathing down my neck. Our neck. You know, because they're the bills that keep keep the program going. Not to put too fine a point on it. So let's run over to the stress line and see who's there. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey there, hi there, hello there. Hey Tracy. Thanks for and and thanks for being hi, thanks hi, for th- thanks for being the only subscriber on the twenty first day of the month. Are you <laughs> well remember you know why I did it on the twenty first because twenty first is my birthday month day. It's the two wedding days. So I had you know it was the one day that I could actually remember the twenty first. 
You well, are quite welcome, my darling. Uh, grateful we you know are. Me, I like to stand out. Yes, but you'd love to have some you know, company, you know wouldn't you? Yeah, but you'd love to have some company, wouldn't you? Yes. I would. You know what? As much as I like being, you know, that bitch, I don't like to eat, you know, when it comes to that shit. I, I want y'all to give her some more money, so I'm not by myself. You know, I'm not going to break out singing all by myself. So yeah, please do don't. I mean, you've got a lovely singing voice, but you know, please don't. You know, there's just certain because songs like that, they're earworms. Well, well, you and I have talked and about what you you and I have talked about what my latest earworm is. Yes, Doja Cat, and rightfully so. And uh, you know, I. I Ooh, ooh, she a devil. She a bad little bitch. She a rebel. Yeah. He's a rebel. That part. Well, I am out and about. I am I'm doing, a, I just dropped off some uh, uh, lawn signs for my, my council person. And uh, now I'm on my way to do a little bit of canvassing. And then from there, I'm going to a ballot party. See, we have stuff like that here in in Los Angeles. Wait, a what party? A ballot. So it's you know, so it's we're doing it's LA Forward, the organization that I'm um, I'm work I wanted to uh, work with doing their cohort on. Let's see. Okay, okay, Progressive Campaign Leadership Academy. Say that five times fast. Well, yeah, anyway, no. They're doing, <laughs> they're doing, uh, um, they're doing ballot parties because you remember I live in California and everybody in the state of California gets a mail-in ballot. You don't have to sign any paperwork. You don't have to get a notarized letter from your doctor saying as to why you cannot physically go to, you know, to, to your polling place. You know, stuff like that, there, sis. And even it even because I've been I have been a uh, absentee ballot voter since I started driving cab because I never knew where I would be on election day, and to know that I could just you know once I got it I could fill it out and mail it. So it's it's been it's a godsend. But you know what? When I did that, you know you know what I had to do in order to become an absentee ballot voter in my state, sis. Uh, what? Just go online and check a box. Just check a box. Yeah, that that voting say, that voting is entirely I, too, know, that's entirely too easy in California. Yay! In fact, Nitwit Nero was barking and grunting about it recently, saying, "In California, they'll just give you a ballot. It doesn't matter if you live there or not, or if you you don't have to prove your citizen. You can just have a ballot." I know he's stupid. But he's stupid. It's it's just it's not even ignorance. It's just stupid. I, it's just, but so we so what happens? What we do is well, this is actually the first time I'm doing this. So we invite a bunch of people. You know, anybody that so today is in the in the Stanford on the ballet. It's like where I live. So we're going to eating at a restaurant in North Hollywood. Y'all. Um, so we're going to sit and fill out our ballots. Then we're going to discuss why, you know, why you're not. 
this is for obviously for progressive. I mean, and so you don't have to, you know, follow the, the advice, but it's just nice, to, you know, and because this this is the first time that I, that I can remember in a, a primary or general or the primary election that there's only one proposition, a statewide proposition, and so we're going to really discuss that one because it seems good on at face value. But it's it's called it's Proposition One, and allegedly it's supposed to help um, help you know vets uh, to get them off the street, help with mental health care, all the stuff that of course you want to happen for people who served our country, because that part, how for never, when you start seeing how hard they're pushing for this. And then it's going to take away money from existing programs that are already existing. It's, it's kind of problematic. And a couple of progressive organizations, well, actually quite a few out here in L.A., they're not too keen on it. But we're going to talk about it. That's, you know, and do the pros and cons. And as people can make their because see, we're, we're not, because we're progressive, we're also mostly you know we're educated, and anybody that's going to come leave their house and come to a part you know a party to you know fill out their ballot, they're pretty you would you can be rest assured that they are definitely informed voters, and that they do their research. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? I know exactly what you mean. And see, this is one of those reasons why I have to start, I have to make so much more money so I can afford to stay in California. <laughs> I can't, Robin, I, I can't imagine living anywhere else. Even, e- even, e- even, the, even though portions of your beloved South, Southern California are very damp, to say the least. Yes. Well, see, because see, I got sense. And, and wait, wait, no, what was it? Wait, what, wait, wait. For years. I got sense. <laughs> is, is that what I, I is, is that what I heard? You get yes. into, you get into, you get in touch with your Louisiana roots? Roots, yep. That's Louisiana and Arkansas and Missouri. Be glad you ain't in so none I of them. A, I got me a nice and I and I and I could not live. I I thank sweet black baby Jesus for when my grandparents, uh, my paternal grandparents, left uh, um, uh, Springfield, Missouri, and my maternal grandfather left Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and my my maternal grandparents, grandmother, uh, family left Shreveport, Louisiana. I think sweet black baby Jesus on a regular basis. Sis. On a regular basis, that my family got the fuck out of the south. At least, despite you know the part of my family that you know said fuck this, we're out. But did I ever tell you? I don't think I ever told you why my family got to leave the south, or at least my um, my maternal. Great grandfather and his brothers, those were the those were the dome for. Okay, 
And the Jones and the Jones boys had to get the fuck out of Dodge because there was an altercation, something about a white boy winding up dead. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah, I, so I, I, I figured. I figured it might and, be a little something along those lines. Right. So and they got and they got going. They got they you know, and never looked back. Relative, good lord. Was it don't let the back door back door hit you with a good lord slipping? Precisely. Yeah, they got the fuck out. Yeah, it, I, to this day, I will. There's really there's nobody alive to, to tell the tale. But knowing what I know about my great grandfather, yeah, this is a man. He was a uh, he worked at a mortuary. I think he was a driver. But how many people did you know? Kiss. My grandfather would go, my great-grandfather would go pick a body. Yeah, and he would be packing. So I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, uh, and, and this, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out because the language rather evades me. I spent a significant amount of time in the first hour of this program talking about the, the murder of a 16-year-old non-binary kid named Nex Benedict in Oklahoma, Stan. I'm sure you've seen the story. In Oklahoma? Yeah. Beaten, beaten to death in the girl. A child. A, a 16, yes, a child beaten to death in the girls' bathroom at, the, at 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 their high school. At their high school. And beaten to and, you know, okay. and and beaten to death because they were non-binary. Nothing else but, but being non-binary. Beaten, okay. beaten to death because of their pronouns. They, them. Pronouns. Somebody died because they wanted no, to be no, acknowledged. No. See, that's what I said about the language of aiding. No, nobody. it's not somebody died. Somebody got murdered. Murdered. They were a straight-A student minding their own business. Had been bullied. They were part indigenous American. And so my question for you, Tracy, is given that set of facts, given that set of facts, is it, is it appropriate to say that 16 year old Nex Benedict got lynched? Yeah. When it's a, to me, any time that violence is perpetrated against somebody just because they are part, you know, they are other or a part of a marginalized community, and because the the the, the powers that be feel threatened and they feel in, empowered by, and it's, you know, and plus a hate crime that part too, it is a hate crime and it is a lynching. You to me, to me at this point, you do not have to. I mean, it's no different from when was this? How many years ago when um, those those idiots, those those vicious murdering cowards in Texas tied the brother to their truck and drug him? That's what I mean. They didn't hang it from a tree, but what? So what? 
Well, and and this is this is not an academic exercise on my part. I hope you understand. Um, of course not. This is it, these are we are two marginalized women who get a, are on a constant vigil to to be to remain safe, and at any given moment to be um, killed because of who we are. And the reason the reason I asked the question yeah, is, this child was sixteen years old. The school didn't even call an ambulance for them. Wow! They found them laying on the floor of the bathroom. Called the parents. The parents came, got their child took them to the hospital. The child was treated and released, probably had a brain bleed. They took the child back the next day where they died. Again, 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 the child was 16 years old. Emmett Till was 15. Emmett Till was 15. Emmett Till was 15. No difference. No difference. And that was a lynching. They didn't hang up from a tree. I mean, if we really want to get academic, because so, why don't did you did you look up the definition of lynching? Because I'm pre, I'm I'm not, I'm I'm be shocked if you didn't. I did. And what and 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 what what is the definition of lynching, sis? Well, let me pull it back up here. You know, for people like me who came into the show late. Um, a gerund or present participle lynching, noun, lynching, of a mob to kill someone for an alleged offense with or without a legal trial. Okay. And that young person's offense was wanting to, was their, wanting to ha- use their pronouns. They were using because their pronouns. In this country. And let, and let, and let me and country, let me and let me add again, the murder took place in the girls' bathroom. So this child was adhering uh-huh. This child was adhering to the law of the state of Oklahoma and was lynched for it. Right. Do you know do you know the etymology of the word? Just curious. No. Uh-uh. It is named I just it is named after Captain William Lynch. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes who in 1780 yes. in Old Virginia oh, set up his own judicial <clears throat> tribunal mob and took to killing people, murdering people. So I, I yep. 
I have not seen this referred to as a lynching. And maybe that's just because, well, you know, just a non-binary, just a non-binary kid. Right. But it seems to meet all of the elements thereof. Criteria. All the elements, all the criteria thereof. That part. And given the fact that they were beaten to death, I cannot help but think of Mamie Till. Mm-hmm. And I think about the courage of Mamie Till. Going back to Chicago with the broken and battered body of her son and having an open casket funeral and inviting journalists in and saying, look what they did to my baby. To my baby. My baby. Why? And this is not for me to say, but this is the kind of program where we talk about this sort of thing. Why is there not an outraged hue and cry and an effort to carry that baby's coffin to the state capital of Oklahoma and or, or to the governor's office, the governor's mansion, and set it on the steps there and say, come see what your laws did to this baby. Come come see what the hate did to this baby. To to this baby. And like you said, they adhere to the law of, of the state of Oklahoma because I guess they were um they were at uh born female yes so uh, they were assumed they, they were they were they were assumed uh, assumed stop, female at birth assumed female at birth that's what i was yeah you know that's what i'm trying to, to say um so she they were following the state law and going to use the restroom of what they assumed at birth female. So how do they break law? You know, what was the justification for the lynching? Because that's again. I guess the I, I, I guess I guess I guess the I guess the cis girls just didn't like her. We have to be very deliberate and intentional with our language when we when we talk about these heinous crimes and these murders and these lynchings because they weren't killed. They were murdered. They were homicide. they were lynched. I mean, so I really, I really do think we, I really do think it is necessary to use appropriate language in circumstances like this. Right. It's like, you know, when um, that white guy got mad because 
and he was trying to assault me with my with his car because he didn't want to wait his turn. And he said, fuck you, nigga, bitch, go back to where you came from. I have to say, I can't say the N-word and the B-word. I have to say nigger bitch because I want people to understand the hate and the vitriol that was behind what he said to me. Because this is what we, I, this is the shit that I have been dealing with now for my, all of my life, but it has intensified. I have dealt with more hatred and racist, overt racism. Let me, you know, make sure y'all understand what I'm saying. Uh, overt racism in my face, racism in the last eight years that I have ever in the first 50 years of my entire, of my fucking life. I need people to understand that. This is, this is the world in which we live in now that people have become emboldened to act on their, on their, their worst instinct that, and, and knowing that there's, you know, there's no repercussions. There's no accountability in most cases, and especially in a state like Oklahoma State. So this is what, this is the world that we live in now. And we have, and we have to be increasingly aware of what is at stake. And this is why at six o'clock, I'm going to a ballot party to cast my ballot, and and to make, and I talk to people about because you know it's in my cab with your with captive audience, and so I'm doing everything that I can here in the great state of California to make sure that. We elect people that will never let laws like they have in Oklahoma pass and become law. It's like our attorney general going after these assholes in Chino Hills and and whatever white wing red state city red county or what have you in our state uh, trying to pass these laws to out you know transgender children or whatever. At, you know, for the teachers to be able to out some kids. This is this is what we're dealing with. Kids are not safe, and they wonder why. And they, they try to touch them. Well, you know, blah blah blah. They, the parents have the right to know. If the, if the parents, if the children were not afraid of what would happen because of who they are, the parents would be the first to know. How about that, sis? Precisely. And in this, and in this child's, in this, in this, in, 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 in this child's uh, instance, their parents or parent—I'm I'm not entirely sure—were coming to grips with it. And sure, it's probably not diff- It's probably not ter- unless one is extremely well educated on the issue it's not easy to understand 
But as I've said a million times, if I've said it once, understanding don't count for shit. Acceptance is the coin of the realm. Right. And and remember, remember when Gad and I became a couple. Now, I'm a grown-ass woman. Okay? My mother fucking lost her shit. And my mother is an educated woman. And I know my mother loves me. But she literally lost her shit when I told her about Jan and I. These are her words. That white woman turned me out. Turned you out? This is just a phase. What? Wait a minute. I thought I told you. No, 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 you did, but it's still... Turned out implies that there's some degree of sex work involved. Does it not? Yeah. Well, okay, that's to my mother, but, yeah, but turns out, I mean, you know, you're right, there's some degree of sex work. You know, that's right up there with gone, that's right up there with gone a straddle the road. That white woman turned you out. That had to burn. Like, that had to burn like fire. Girl, I was twenty-five years old. So you're telling. So you're saying to me that I don't have enough sense to know my mind. So it's like I, I just that 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 hit me in this. It really, really did. Because I just couldn't believe what she said to me. I'm like, because again, so I understand, you know, again, I can't, like I said, my mother lost her shit. And I was a 45-year-old, hadn't lived at home for decades, person, okay? And she lost her shit. So it only, I can't even imagine what would have happened had I realized who I was when I was still, when I was a teenager. Actually, it scares me sometimes when I think about it. And we've had these conversations. And she's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Mama, the way you reacted to me when I told you about Jan, and you think that I, you know, how do you think that I would have, and I, and I have to, under, I have to advance the reason that it wouldn't have been any much, too much of a difference when I was a kid, other than, and, you know, I were, I wonder if she would have put me out. If I would have been one of those teenagers that get put out of, the, you know, kicked out of their homes in the name of, in the name of Jesus. You know, I I have these thoughts. And knowing how my mother could be, I, you know, it's really not that, I, I, 
So parents, as parents, we don't know how we will react. We hope that we will do the right thing, that we will be there for our children, and that we will be, you know, like she said, nobody's going to be, even the most quote-unquote enlightened person, there could be issues. So it's, it's just, but like you said, the parents were coming to terms with their child. Because regardless of what they're going through, they love their kids. And that's what anybody, that's all you can hope for as a child. And as a parent of a, of a non, you know, of a quote unquote non-traditional child, be the binary, you know, anybody on the spectrum of LGBTQIA, you know, knowing you know, trying to be that person and actually, you know, what you think, the kind of person that you think you are and then what you actually are. And it's, just, it's like what I'm finding out, like, during this election. I am seeing so many NIMBY, um, uh, quote, you know, these NIMBY uh, Democrats or progressives. We're all for this and, you know, doing something with the unhoused and all this. But don't let the, you know, don't build any affordable housing in my neighborhood. Do not put up a shelter where people can, you know, uh, be able to get, get off the streets in my neighborhood. We can put them in the valley. As far as like in the valley, we have the, the biggest problem with, and there's plenty of space. Now that's the one thing about the valley as opposed to other parts of the city of Los Angeles. There's a shit ton of space in certain areas, but they don't want you know. It's like I can have black people in my life, but don't let don't 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 you dare have your daughter bring one home. You're you're progressive to a point where you know you'll vote for stuff like that, but you'll vote for equal rights and affirmative action, but you definitely have an issue if your daughter brings a brother home that part well a little bit of an update a little bit of an update the child uh, has already been buried the child lived with their uh, the child the child lived with their grandmother okay a teacher did come in and break up the stomping one of the students was reportedly beating their head across the bathroom floor repeatedly and they were unable to get up and walk under their own power to the nurse's station. And again, no no ambulance was called. I, you know what? I think there's a lawsuit to be had there. Well, but see, the uh, law enforcement has been as silent as a graven image, saying only that they have been notified of the death of a student at the school and additional counselors would be available. But it's the kids are the ones that killed the kids. The murdered, lynched. There we go. Child. Yeah. 
additional count. You know, at this point, I'm surprised that they're not giving those. And they were girls, right? The ditches. Yeah, girls in the girls' bathroom. And you know what? People think girls are all sugar and spice and everything nice. These, I'm sorry, bitches can be vicious. As as a perfect example. I'd rather get into a fight with a bunch of guys than a bunch of women. Because you know, there will be some restraint. I can't get a girl or, you know, what have you. But when, when women get into it, uh-uh. And you said they were beating their head repeatedly up against the floor. And it's not like they were, this was, it was a bathroom. So we're talking, and it was a public bathroom, so we're talking probably, you know, linoleum, you know what I'm trying to say, covered with concrete or tile, you know, something that uh, uh, that can be easily cleaned. So there's no soft edges there. Well, I, I I hate to say it, but it feels like the cover-up is has already begun. Oh, the cover-up has already started. The state of Oklahoma claims to have performed a full autopsy. Mm-mm. While the investigation continues into the altercation, preliminary information from the medical examiner's office is that a complete autopsy was performed and indicated the decedent did not die as a result of trauma. So what? How did they die? At this time, any further comments on the cause of death are currently pending until toxicology results and other ancillary testing results are received. The official autopsy reports will be available at a later date. Toxicology, that's, you know, that's what they always do. Yeah, uh, this is the, the George, George Floyd had... Math in his system. Although I'm 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 hard pressed to see I'm I'm hard pressed to see how uh, a 16 year old straight A student uh, somehow managed to OD between having their head beaten against the floor repeatedly and being taken to the hospital and then treated and released and then OD'd what. Or, or perhaps and, wait, and, no, no, no. I mean, this is this is the rankest and I'm, most vulgar form of speculation. Got, the child had been a victim of relentless bullying since they came out non-binary in 2023, and children so exposed do. All too often, unalive themselves. Now, I can't with these people. Now, next is Mama Sue said she was called to the school. 
after Nex and a transgender friend had been in a fight with three older students in the girls' bathroom. But there's no trauma. And Nex's mama, Sue, speaking to Tulsa Public Radio, said, I just want my child back. Freedom Oklahoma said, we want to be clear whether Nex died as a direct result of injuries sustained in the brutal hate-motivated attack at school or not. Nex's death is a result of being the target of physical and emotional harm because of who Nex was. This harm is absolutely related to the rhetoric and policies that are commonplace at the Oklahoma legislature, the State Department of Education, and the governor's office with regard to dehumanizing two-spirit, transgender, non-conforming plus people. And their mama, Sue, said, We at this time are thankful for the ongoing support and did not expect the love from everyone. We are sorry for not using their name correctly, and as parents, we are, we are we're still learning the correct forms. Please do not judge us as Nex was judged. Please do not bully us for our ignorance on the subject. Nex gave us that respect, and we are sorry in our grief that we overlooked them. I lost my child. The headstone will have correct name of their choice. The rest of the monies from the GoFundMe will go to other children dealing with the right to be who they are. In Nex Benedict's name, God bless. Nex's death weighs heavily on the hearts of the Choctaw people. We pray Nex's family and their loved ones will find comfort. The Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma, Chief Gary Batten. Jesus, it just gets worse. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that language. Uh, had been in a fight with three older students in a girls' bathroom. That doesn't say much. I mean, that makes it sound like oh, maybe the two trans kids started a fight with three older cis kids. Yeah. No. Right. No. And so there will probably be, Tracy, there will probably be no charges. And, no charges. And, and as, uh, as Cynthia in the Bay Area put it, oh, and Navalny wasn't poisoned either. Right. In a pig's eye. Have I told right. you lately how much I hate these people? Matt said, wondering, I guess it's possible they may have got home after the trauma and then OD'd because they were so distraught. But, I mean, does that really change anything? They're still dead. They're still dead. God. Well, Tracy, I've got I got folks waiting. So uh, you enjoy your well, ballot no, party. I, I, like I said, I'm about to go. I'm excited about it. I'm going to do some more canvassing before the party, but I, I just want to say how much I love you. And y'all, you know what? I didn't. I know there's challenges out there. Please, 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 please. Okay, dude. Okay, before I go, seriously, sis, I'm I'm parked, and this guy is literally walking down the street, and with an old Christmas tree. He 
he is just now taking his Christmas tree. What is this, February? Almost March? Almost. Eight days. And it's, <laughs> okay, so anyway. I love you, and y'all please help us. I love you, and by, and by the way, and by the way, wave. By the way, wave says, "Hey Tracy, sitting at Starbucks, watching the sunset and the full moonrise, missing Scott, and listening to Lady Tracy, PhD, the Taxi Lady. Happy Black History Month." <laughs> Thank you, and then you know, in a couple of days, we have Women's History Month too. Yahoo! Yes, indeed. My that part, I love you, sis. You have Take a good care. You you have a great evening, Tracy. I'll talk to you later. All right, baby. Bye-bye. The one and only Tracy. You know, walking the walk and talking the talk. Okay, let's keep the conversation going. Again, we got $15 to go on Ralph's uh, that, ain't, that Ain't Cocaine, That Sawdust Challenge. That'll get us down to ten fifty-five, and only $155 away with being fully funded for last Friday. So if anybody wants to help, Ralph's is absolutely beside herself to double your money. And Christopher already took care of ten bucks of it, so don't leave Christopher's money undoubled. All right. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, hey. Hey. So may have a might have a little bit of an echo here. This is kinda of weird. Uh it'll resolve. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, yep, seems like it already did. So, anyway, hi. Yeah, hey, Micah. Um, this story has been really hitting me. Um, way harder than I expected that it would. I mean, it's not unusual. We had, you know, you talked about it, the thing with, um, you know, the girl over in Britain. Um, but it tied in so closely with myself in terms of how when I was growing up I knew there was something different about me but it was very quickly singled out as being out of the norm and I was bullied very badly growing up myself and this story has just got me thinking back to a lot of different things and realizing man oh Triggered AF, are we? Just a little bit, yeah. Which is a good thing. I mean, if it's not triggering people, the message isn't getting across. And the message desperately needs to get across. And, uh, you know, I sit here and I just, I, I sort of rage and I don't know what to do. I get it. I don't, I don't know what I can do. Are there are there are there any of us? I mean, I, 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 I'm not asking this rhetorically. Are there any of us in the LGBTQ plus community, regardless of which letter one exists under, that didn't experience something like that growing up? Because it did the same thing to me, Micah, and I can still I can still see the the, the faces of the children who called me faggot. And queer. At a time in my life when I didn't even know what the words meant. Yeah. A time when I would go home. A time when I would walk home from school. Sometimes running home from school. And innocently look at my 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 mama, who said, "Always ask me if you don't know something, you ask me, and I'll tell you." And I went home one day and said, "Mama, what's a faggot?" 
and the blood drained out of her face. And the day I went home and said, Mama, what's a queer? And the blood drained out of her face, and she knew what was happening to her child at school. But the people doing it were people, were kids from good white families. And they couldn't yes. be touched. I mean, in my case, I, you know, it was just, it, it, the kids being the kids one thing, kids can be jerks and all that. I get that. But, you know, the teachers knew. The teachers knew and, you know, figured, oh, that's just, you know, kids being kids. They'll figure it out. That's what they're supposed to do. That's how it works. Oh, just hit them a few times. They'll they'll learn. Yeah. And, of course, the, and, the, and, the, the other, well, you got to fight back. Yeah. That, there was a, there was a, there was there was a little bit of a philosophical difference taking place in the home I grew up in. My mother my mother preached it takes more courage to walk away from a fight than to stand and be in one. My father said knock their fucking heads off. Actually, he didn't use the f words. He, he, he knocked the shit out of them. All you got to do is do it once. But I, I'd already been on the losing end of that several times, and it didn't stop it. Yeah. And it went on for years. And so maybe when I saw when I, when I saw Dex's story there a little bit of empathy bubbled up. A lot of empathy bubbled up. Yeah. But it's just the, the, the thing that makes me most angry about it is, is again, I, the, I wish those kids would be, would, would be charged and prosecuted. I mean, I, who cares if after the fact they get a toxicology report and, that, and, and God forbid that's what they did. But I'm sorry, but isn't there some sort of rule somewhere that says, you know, but if not for your actions... Yes. This would not have occurred? Yes, yes. How does that not apply, regardless of what comes back on the toxicology report? Well, Jesus, in schools like in, in states like Oklahoma, Stan, they'll send a kid into the, the uh, school-to-prison pipeline for far, west, uh, far less than beating the hell out of another student, you know, if the kid is the wrong color. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's the thing that I think back on is the institutional system that allows that and encourages that behavior. I mean, for crying out loud, you know, you talked about it earlier, the whole libs of TikTok lady thing that's in charge over there of their library system or whatever the hell it is. I mean, how how can they sit here and say, you know, oh, we're deeply concerned when you know damn well you've put the You're you're hiring people who say they're proud to be stochastic terrorists. What the hell did you expect? 
And, and why is, and, and why, as, yeah, why as is no, this not no, being screamed on every cable news program in this country? Because it's fundamentally okay. It's like a note that I just got from Cynthia. Self-defense is only allowed for the good Christians and gun-toting maggots. Human rights are rescinded for all others not in those approved groups. She ain't wrong. No, she's not. So anyway, yeah, just... I've just been sitting here over the past couple of days and just feeling sad and feeling enraged and going between what's the point and wanting to go out in the yard and scream at the sky. <laughs> I just... Well, if you're going to scream at the, at the sky, make sure you uh, uh, hang some onions from your belt, as was the fashion in Grandpa Simpson's day. Yes, yes. Old lady screams at, screams at clouds. It, but, anyway, but, but I, no, you're you're right. right it would ahead. it would be well, not gratifying, not comforting, but it would be at least noteworthy if there was a little bit of public outrage. And the only place I'm reading this story are on LGBTQ sites. Otherwise, it's non-existent. Not going to hear him talking about this on my filthy morning habit. I don't expect Mika or Joe or any of the any of the rest of the morning zoo crew to to to, to be outraged. Over the lynching, and I still say it's a lynching of a non-binary kid in a state that is among the most transphobic in the entire world. Not just the country, the world. Oklahoma stand, Florida, Alabama, where they held hearings yesterday and today on the What is a Woman Act? Which is nothing but a poorly, not even camouflaged, uh, an Orwellianly named attempt to erase trans people and gender nonconform well, trans people from legal existence in the state of Alabama, and yet for some reason or another, and and, and Micah, if you can just bear with me for a minute, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fill a rockster a minute. Go for it. Even when I. It, it, even when I was closeted, I still talked about these stories. Because even if I was still sorting myself out, I still found these things sickening and offensive. And when some of this stuff first bubbled up in, say, North Carolina, Stan, by God, the NCAA stepped up and said, Nope, sorry, we're not coming. And their stupid bathroom bill... It went the way of all flesh, and the governor who signed it into law fucking lost. 
But whatever impetus there was for that seems to have burned away like fog on a summer morning. And a little bit of a, a little bit of cis outrage would go a long damn way. Yes, it would. But I guess I guess in twenty twenty four it's too much to fucking ask. So I don't know. Try not to let yourself get brainworm, sis. No, I'm not. I'm just mostly worried is all, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, this just ties into the to other things, you know, that they start with people like us because we're vulnerable targets. But these assholes ain't going to stop with us. And I really wish people would freaking wake up to that fact. I mean, even if it, I mean, even if your only motivation is self-preservation, it, look at history. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, appreciate you letting me vent. Sorry, I don't mean to drop a lead balloon on your program. It's a great conversation. Oh, I'm no, glad the, you're the, talking the, about no, it. The, 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 this wasn't a lead, lead balloon. The whole program's been a Led Zeppelin. <laughs> ah. Cowbell that. Thank you. You're most generous. <laughs> take care, you Micah. Take it easy, sis. All right, bye. It's Micah calling from up in Michigan. Matt in San Francisco, subject line bullying. Oh, I was cast in the starring role as the school fag. It's a big part of why I have the biting, sarcastic, quick-witted humor to this day. One way to avoid getting punched is to diffuse the situation with humor. When your life depends on it, you can really hone your sense of humor. And really, let's be honest, a couple of those bullies didn't mind a blowjob in the bushes. Just saying. Oh, no. A couple of those bullies are probably members of the community now, right, Matt? I suspect I'm not wrong. Uh, thank you to our kind, anonymous Internet friend. If someone will match the 15 bucks that answers Ralph's challenge and gets us down to 1055, our kind, anonymous Internet friend has offered to get us down to just a thousand bucks to go. So thank you, kind, anonymous Internet friend. And hopefully there's somebody out there that wants to d- turn 15 into 30. Via Routes' This Ain't Cocaine, This Is Sawdust Challenge. Brother Deacon Asa with an observation. Let's get real here. The maggots don't even give the slightest fuck when their own little straight cis hetero Christian munchkins get chopped up into hamburger at a school shooting. What makes you think they'd give a flying fuck about anyone else's children? Well, there is that. Which brings me to another story as we work our way toward the end of the program. Naturally, it comes from Rat Rat Cheer in Alabama. In the House of Delegates, in which august body I yet hope to serve, if I can get things sorted out and campaign and whatnot, by an 89 to 11 vote today, after a whole hour of debate, 
Yes, the maggots in the West Virginia House of Delegates, and this goes to exactly what Brother Deacon Asa was just talking about, have passed a bill and sent it on to the Senate of the state of West Virginia to let teachers, educators, so that includes principals and, I don't know, maybe maybe the, the, the uh, maintenance staff, you know, school nurse, uh, they can all carry concealed firearms as designated school protection officers. You know what amazes me when I see shit like this? It's like they're supposed to there's supposed to be some lawyers in that body. Designated school protection officers? And so the maggots behind it People like Delegate Bill Ridenauer uh, of Jefferson County said that, uh, well, it'd be a first line of defense against the attack from the outside, especially in rural counties. School shooters are terrorists. That's all they are. They're there to terrorize the people in the school. Bill Ridenauer of Jefferson County is a Retired Marine Corps officer and retired defense intelligence officer. And he said, what we're looking at here, hoo with teachers carrying and a school resource officer are layers of defense. The police are another layer of defense. If they make it through the police, if they get past the SRO, the school resource officer, who, by the way, in Owasso, Oklahoma, was nowhere to be fucking found. The last line of defense is that teacher who may have a weapon more than an eraser or a pencil they can throw or a chair. I don't know if uh, Delegate Ridner was suggesting that the teachers were throwing chairs. But, well, uh, some people had the common decency to point out that arming teachers to the teeth in a classroom full of quite often rowdy children might not be the smartest thing to do in the world. Uh, Delegate Kayla Young, a Democrat, one of the oh-so-rare Democrats, she's from Kanawha County, said, I'm worried that with such little training that these folks are not going to be adequately prepared to do this. I can't support it. I don't know where the guns are in my young children's school, and that's if I do if I don't know where the guns are in my young children's school, that scares me. That scares me a lot. So, yeah, teachers, administrators, support personnel in elementary or secondary schools who volunteer to be designated as school protection officers could be authorized to carry a concealed firearm or a stun gun or a taser. Hell, it's just a little taser. Sit the fuck down, Jim Bob. Jesus. Uh, Delegate Anitra Hamilton from Montegalia County said, So you're telling me that one training is going to give them the wherewithal to take down an active shooter with an assault weapon. I just don't see that happening. So, just to check in, the women are the ones standing up and saying, This ain't a great idea. Meanwhile, the big, mer- big burly, pussle-gutted, pale, pasty-faced, doughy, White men of manly, masculine, masculinity manliness are the, yeah, let's get them a gun. Let's give them all penis extensions. Jesus. 
Uh, Jimmy in the great Northwest says, kids being kids, this is a sad story. It's not kids being kids, but doing what they learned. Yeah, this is where I would fire up that great tune from South Pacific. You have to be carefully taught. And make no, make no mistake, the children in Owasso, Oklahoma, were carefully taught. And, were prob- and probably have the shit beaten out of them when they go home. Well, you little bitch, what did you do today? I killed somebody, Mama. Are you proud? Praise Jesus! Who'd you kill? It, one of the one 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 of the, one of them trans kids. Good for you. Would you? What? Mama's gonna make you brownies. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Matt, I think you're correct. Matt says, didn't one teacher say if they give me a gun, I'm going to go rob a Staples for school supplies? Yeah. And David in South Carolina stands says, prison. There's a reason prison guards do not carry firearms into the cell blocks that they guard. Obvious, one might think. But, yeah, yeah, David, Jesus Christ. Merca, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now, today, forever in the universe under God. Amen. And since this this program has sort of been self-theming, well, let's do this. The latest conniption, and this comes from Forbes magazine. And a reporter by Kaylee, the name of Kaylee Gleason on the Forbes staff. People are wringing their hands and clutching their pearls, or wringing their pearls and clutching their hands. Over a cartoon. I mean, there's a long and dishonorable history of that in this country going all the way back to the Reverend Donald Wildman of the American Family Association of Tupelo, Mississippi stand having a conniption over Bugs Bunny. And I'm sure we all know why. Uh, to Jerry Falwell, uh, bloviating and pontificating and probably taking years off of his bloated life by throwing a fit about Tinky Winky. Brothers and sisters, Tinky Winky is purple, and that is the gay color. And Tinky Winky has a triangle on their head, its head, I don't know. And it's a triangle, and that's a gay shape. And Tinky Winky carries a purse. Okay, if you're of a certain age, I'm not that deep into comic book culture, but... I always kind of liked the X-Men. Wonder why. I thought the anime I thought the animated series in the 90s was really freaking cool. Um And then the movies. Well, there's going to be a new animated 
X-Men. Last Thursday, the trailer for X-Men 97 dropped. And let the barking and grunting and hooting proceed. They announced it in November 2021. It will drop on March 20th on Disney+. Plus. It apparently picks up where the original cartoon left off. It's one of Marvel's most successful franchises. It will begin with the apparent elimination of Dr. Charles Xavier. And it will now include a new-ish character. New-ish. Because the character goes all the way back to a 1967 comic called, uh, and, and a character called Changeling. And Morph uh, is an original character for the original animated show as well. And people, and I use the term loosely, are shitting themselves because, and this is entirely appropriate given the nature of the topicality, because Morph is non-binary. I eagerly await the declaration from the whitest woman in America, Megyn Kelly, that, of course, Morph is straight and cis. And there are only two genders. But really, it's a cartoon, and Morph is a shape-shifting mutant who lives as someone named Kevin Sidney. And they actually killed off Morph in the very first episode of the animated series back in the 1990s. But somehow or another, Morph came back to work with the villainous Mr. Sinister. And now you've heard this entire litany here. Imagine that there are real live adult human beings who are deeply offended by this. By an imaginary character being imaginarily non-binary. But the thing is, they recognize that representation matters. Non-binary people need to see non-binary people. Trans women need to see trans women. Trans dudes need to see trans dudes. Because in turn, it makes us feel seen ourselves. And so enter the hand-clutchers and pearl-ringers, screaming, They've ruined the... They've, they've, they, they've ruined the X-Men with a non-binary character. Oh. And, and what's, what I think is really getting under these dainty little snowflake skin is the fact that Morph 
has an interesting buddy relationship with dot 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 Wolverine. Not Wolverine. Well, I mean, come on. The guy who made Wolverine iconic is a brilliant actor from Australia who also played the title role in The Boy from Oz about Peter Allen, who was gay, 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 and made no bones about it all the way back to when I, in my mid to late teens, was sitting there watching Don Kirshner's rock concert, who sounds surprisingly a lot like my Howard Cosell. Who would introduce the the, the 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 concert footage of Peter Allen doing "I Go to Rio," and God, what an entertainer! But no, we can't have Wolverine having an interesting buddy relationship with a non-binary person. I mean, democracy is under attack in Ukraine. There's a genocide taking place in Gaza. The Supreme Court of the United States is eagerly searching for ways to roll back rights. The maggot House of Representatives, despite their own incompetence, continues to try to impeach the President of the United States, but in a nation of some 335 to 350 million souls, we've got enough people to sit around worrying about a, an interesting buddy relationship between a cartoon guy who has razor blades in his hands and a cartoon non-binary person who shapeshifts. Marka! Oh, I rather long for the days when I had the swirly straw and the Jeroboam of Mexican gasoline. I do. But since it is uh, prayer meeting Wednesday, let's rap with this. No, no, I don't mean rap like in. No, I don't rap. Let's wrap things up with this. Let's let's call this a kicker. Um. Actor, producer, and author, and good God fear and upstanding Bible believe in Christ centered evangelical, gundamentalist, amosexual Christian Kirk Cameron has announced a new project. He announced it this past Monday morning. Speaking to Fox News TV Radio Rwanda Digital, he said, Parents and grandparents are sickened and tired of their children being attacked by the woke wolves of Hollywood. That's why I'm counting, I'm continuing to work with brave books to dive further into the world of children's entertainment. So they're going to produce something called Adventures with Iggy and Mr. Kirk. Wait a minute, is it, wait, hey, you know, I'm tuning in for that. Any show that features Iggy Pop and William Shatner, 
wouldn't tune in? Oh, wait. It will combine, quote, the timeless moral teachings of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, I don't think Kirk Cameron's up to that, with modern energy, hilarious dialogue, animated stories, and surprise guest stars for a captivating experience for children and parents alike. And no queers. Oh, I added the no queers part. Uh, Kirk Cameron, who is in fact a uh, Christian fascist, said, It's not just time to take back our libraries and literature. It's time to take back every area of culture that these animals have devoured. Yay, animals. Good families are looking for entertainment they can trust. Stories that teach children biblically-based moral values. Oh, Kirk, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to follow this program. I can't wait till the one where they get to Lot's daughters. Or, you know, where David loves Jonathan like his own soul. Or where Abraham pimps out Sarah to Pharaoh and says, No, I'm not married to her. Are you kidding me? That's my fucking sister. Bang her lights out, your, 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 your royalness. Supporting adventures with Iggy and Mr. Kirk is another step forward in creating the culture we want for our future generations. And by the way, Iggy is not Iggy Pop, sadly. It's just a frog puppet that looks disturbingly like Peppy the Frog. That'll be the most important children's television show for straight children since Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Except for Mr. Rogers just begged children to be kind to each other. I don't think they're going to reach the stratospheric levels of kindness of Mr. Rogers. Apparently there's a void in children's television, and 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 kids. Were, uh, 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 let's see, what's her name? Uh, actress Lee Allen Baker will play the role of creative Lee. Parents want wholesome, enriching content for their children. I find it sad that most of Hollywood is no longer interested in protecting the innocence of children, but instead is willing to sacrifice them for the promotion of political progressive propaganda that checks some boxes for their corporations. You know, that progressive political propaganda like, don't beat your fellow student to death in the girls' room. Or don't call other kids who might be different from you ugly names that will make them hate themselves. That's political progressive propaganda that checks some boxes for their corporations. Creative Lee went on and said, I miss the day when kids were off limits with politics. Yeah, me too, Creative Lee. I miss the day. When children weren't weren't beaten to death in bathrooms for being different. When children were not legislated against 
by people like uh, oh, uh, what was her name, uh, Bridget, it, it, the head of the one, the, the co-founder of Moms for Liberty down in Florida, who was uh, instrumental in drafting the "Don't Say Gay" law in Florida, and then was caught engaging in some high-key lesbicious activity. Oh, now we know who it's for. Kirk, Mr. Kirk said, Christian parents today struggle to find quality content that reflects their values and captures the attention of modern-day kids. Our show aims to bridge that gap by providing entertainment that's both wholesome and engaging. Yeah, wait till you tell the kids that, that fun, fun story about the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who gets tortured to death and has nails driven through his extremities and is hung up on a cross to just hang there and die. Entertainment that is both wholesome and engaging. (sighs) Jesus, save me from your followers. Well, that's it. That's the program. Christopher, thank you for keeping us from being a a, a goose egg. Thank you. Back tomorrow with Thorn in the Side Thursday. Fundraising goal will stand at... uh, Let's see. 13.95. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors, our challenge makers, and our respondents there, too. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, HeadOn.Live. The best place to go for any podcast uh, that goes up from here. Choose your platform, whatever. Best place to go if you want to listen live, too. Like and subscribe to the podcast, please. Leave a comment. Leave a review. I don't know what Brother Deacon Asa would do if he actually saw another review go up. Might even spontaneously combust. I don't know. I hope not. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus uh, years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and, and environmental justice. In point of fact, Coal River Mountain Watch just passed our 25th anniversary. The horn is just five years younger than CRMW. Please stay safe. Get your booster if you haven't. Get your flu shot if you haven't. Worst case of the flu I ever had happened in March of 1993. Get your flu shot. Get your RSV vaccine if it's available to you, and especially if you're around small children. See if you're eligible for your pneumonia vaccine if you are of a certain age. If you're around maggots, wear your mask. If you're around groups of more than five, according to Paul from Parts Unknown, from whom we have not heard in a very long time and need an update, uh, wear your mask. 
Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse, it's just good practice. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And if Kirk Cameron comes towards you talking about, we're going to make wholesome family Christian entertainment, avoid Kirk Cameron like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Lighter.